have the victory. Just close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray over you today before we start this message. Father, I, I address today every spirit, every assignment of the enemy in fear, every form of fear, every level of fear, every type of fear. I declare today those assignments are severed from your people. I declare they have no authority in the minds and the soul of any of the people at the sound of my voice today. Not any of them. Fear is of the devil and the devil was defeated. Today Jesus is Lord and our faith and confidence is in him. Today Lord, I release great faith and a stirring in the hearts of every person at the sound of my voice to trust you, to have faith and confidence in you and give no place to fear. In the name Jesus Christ. I believe it. If you believe it today, say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. No fear residing on the inside of us. Can you say amen? No fear. No fear. We don't have to tolerate it. And when you don't tolerate fear, you're in a position to live and operate in great faith. Um, today I, I, I want to start this message out with just reading a couple of things, um, a couple of statements and a few definitions here. Um, <clears throat> any, anything that you do in fear will produce the harvest fear produces. which is destruction. Anything you do in faith will produce the harvest that faith produces. Anything. One definition for fear is strong emotion caused by anticipation of danger or anything else. Strong emotion being worked up by something with an anticipation of a negative result or end result. The anticipation. This definition that I have of fear, of of faith. A firm belief in something for which there is no proof. A firm belief in something for which there is no proof. And my third definition to th- this morning is the definition that I read last week for freedom. Freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. 
the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. To be free from fear is to live and operate in a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. God wants us every day not having an an emotional anticipation of something bad happening. As my wife was saying earlier, God takes whatever appears to be bad and turns it for your and my good. He does it every time. It's set up that way. It's not something that we hope is going to come to pass. He already set it up that way. Now we have to embrace it. An emotional response to what I'm talking about right here could be something like, you know, I'm just tired of people being stirred up and afraid and all these. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're tired of it or not. It doesn't matter whether I'm tired of it or not. I'm asking the question today, what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? We've been given everything in this life to shut and cut fear off in every way. I'm saying today, fear has no place, no dominion in your and my life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty, freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not in operation, where He is not being yielded to, then all the constant information that fear produces is present. And where the Spirit of the Lord is not being yielded to, there is the manifestation of fear. My definition of fear here is strong emotion caused by anticipation of something. And my last little quote before I get in the Word, any decision that is made from emotions not bathed in patience is made in fear. Any decision made from emotions not bathed in patience. In in some of what we've been teaching about emotions in the last few weeks, um, emotions are real and they're a good thing. But if you're led by your emotions that are not bathed in the patience of God, and the meditation of God, and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, you make a decision based on something that's stirred up emotionally, most of the time, your emotions have this anticipation of something negative. And when we make decisions from that world, our decisions will always produce negative results. God didn't create us to be that, those type of people. How do we do that? We do it through the Word and believing the Word. So follow with me in a few verses of Scripture this morning. Romans chapter 8. 
I mean, no, no, sorry. Uh, Psalm 34 and verse 4. This is a familiar passage. We use this. We talked about this many, many times over the last year or so. But David said in Psalm 34, and I'm just going to read verse 4. David said this, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all fears. Plural. All fear. Every kind of fear. Every type of fear he delivered me because I sought the Lord. Now, I'm going to come back to that verse when I tap into another couple of verses a little bit later. Romans 8 and verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So when you got born again and you received the spirit of God, that was not the spirit of bondage to fear. We were born into fear. When you, when you were born into this world, you were born into a fear nature out there in the world. Not a fear nature from God. You were born into a, 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 into a world and an atmosphere of fear. When you got born again, you, the, the spirit you received was not that continual spirit of bondage and fear. He said here in Romans 8.15, but you received the spirit of adoption by where now we cry out, Abba, Father. Do we just cry out, Abba, Father? No. He's my daddy. And there's something that I'm getting to in this message, in this passage and David's passage in Psalm 34, that's going to light you up today is what I'm believing. Amen? So, being full of faith is being freed of fear. Being full of fear is void of faith. Oil and water, they don't mix. Those two do not mix. So, we can talk about faith, but if we tolerate fear... There is no faith that is being developed and exercised if we constantly tolerate fear. How do you tolerate fear? You don't do the Word. We all deal with fear. Fear comes. Fear comes at us. David said, I sought the Lord. The Lord heard me. Why? We'll get to that in a minute. And what happened? He delivered him from all fear. Every fear that there was. All, all of my days in the working world from the time that I can remember, I've never been a lazy person. I worked all the time. And when my children were little, and before the ministry, during the ministry, whatever, you know, if I, there was times when I lost my job and I had to work three other jobs. I'd do whatever I had to do. And I, and, I, and I can work, I can do anything. I can have three jobs tomorrow if I needed three jobs. I'm not afraid to work. I was thinking about that in a conversation with somebody here a while back. Somebody was making a comment about that, and I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know, 
you can work hard at, let, let's just say, we'll just take as a man, if, if men have this thing on them that they're to provide for their families, which the Bible really doesn't say that. Um, but doesn't mean you shouldn't work. I'm just saying, it really doesn't say that. God's our provider. Can you say amen to that? God is the provider. And <clears throat> it was like I heard God say to me, you know, you can work yourself into the ground and have no faith. You can work yourself into the ground with no faith. Is that profitable? The Bible says in a number of different scriptures that the flesh profits a little bit. There's a little bit of profit in the flesh. There's a little bit of profit in working. But the great profit comes from, and as, as, a, as a father, and I say this to any of you that are fathers, grandfathers, whatever, uh, women alike in, in any situation, it's more important for me to spend my days declaring and speaking His Word over my children than it is providing for them. Because you can work yourself into the ground out of fear that if I don't work, God won't provide for me. I didn't say you don't need to work. I didn't say it wasn't important to work. I said it's more important to value the power of the Word of God that you speak over your family and everybody that's connected to you than it is anything else you do because from that comes the understanding of how to do the other things productive. I can't tell you how important that is. Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The answer to that question is, if you're not in fear, man can't do a thing to you. If you're in fear, they'll control everything you do. Now, I said all that to get into this. And I'm going to go back and look at those two verses of Scripture with this illustration and understanding that I'm going to give you in these next, three, these next couple of passages. <clears throat> First John 4 and verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. And he and God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love, God's love for us, has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish these next two verses here, and then I'm coming back to that one. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. 
But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, a lot of times in this passage, and and another one I'm going to read, many times the focus is on you loving other people. But today, I'm going to really encourage you to realize that the pressure is not on you to love people. Because I'm telling you today, whatever element of fear you walk in, you will not love other people. Well, yeah, but pastor, I did this. Yeah, but go read, the, go read 1 Corinthians 13. Look at every characteristic of love. And when you look at certain ways, if you're able to be honest with yourself and you look at certain things that you do where other people are concerned, you'll see that what's behind your actions to people is actually rooted in fear. Fear of something or another. The only way that you and I will live a life where we love people because we're free from fear is when we know how much He loves us. When I know how much that He loves me, then I will not fear. Let's go back to uh, Psalm 34. David said, (laughs) Wow, I love this right here. Don't forget this. I'm praying today that you don't forget what I'm fixing to read to you in this one verse. David said, I sought the Lord... And he heard me, and I'm adding this, and I realized how much he loved me. And he delivered me from all fear. I realized how much he loved me, and he delivered me from all fear. I sought the Lord. This wasn't like a one-time thing. As David was seeking the Lord, as he was passionately going after a relationship with God, He realized that God heard him because God loved him so much and he was so ecstatic that the fact that David would pursue him and come to him for answers and not try to figure everything out on his own. And what David realized is how much God loved him because for David to be delivered of all fear, he had to know how much God loved him. You'll never be free from fear without knowing how much God loves you. Romans 8.15, and then we'll go back to the verse I was going to read. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. By whom now... Daddy, I thank you for loving me. I thank you in spite of me that you love me, in spite of my mistakes, in spite of the things that I've done that you love me. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. That's the crying out of Abba, Father. Lord, I thank you and I thank you. Your word says this. See, 
I become delivered of all fear by being a doer of the word, but you're not going to do the word when push comes to shove, when there's real pressure. You're not going to do the word if you don't know that God loves you so much that he'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth. Nothing can overtake you or hurt you or harm you in any way. That's where we see the results. You will not be a doer of the word if you don't know how much he loves you. You won't do it. You'll do it when it's convenient. But when the pressure comes, now wait a minute, wait a minute. See, I don't, have to, I don't even have to get emotional about it. See, I don't have to get emotional when the pressure comes. No way. It doesn't matter. He loves me. It doesn't matter. He loves me. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He loves me. And Father, I know you love me, and I know that you didn't just put this in here just so I could read it and nothing happened. No, you said this. Greater is he. Greater is the love that he has for me inside of me than anything that the enemy does out there. God so loved the world. God so loved Bert Wimberly. God so loved me before I even was. God the Father gave the best of heaven to ransom me and to empower me and to position me and to set me in a place that nothing can hurt me or harm me. But I have to know how much He loves me. I have to. In that verse, in 1 John uh, 4, he said, love has been perfected among us in this. Love has been perfected among us in this. That I may have boldness in the day of judgment. What day? Well, I think it could mean several different days. The judgment at the end time. Notice what he said. Because as he is, so am I. That's how much he loves it. As he is, so am I. So when, when there's judgment, listen to me, <clears throat> people will say, well, you know, this coronavirus, it's the judgment of God. No, it didn't. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You don't understand him if that's what you think. He doesn't have to use the coronavirus to get to people. He would never use the coronavirus to get someone's attention, but he'll take the bad and turn it to the good and get your attention. But he'll never, he'll never be the author of that. He can't. It's not in his nature. It's impossible. But we read in... in uh, the book of John, that the judgment of God has already been laid out. It's already established. So when you live your life in disobedience to the things of God, if this is the judgment of God right here, what happens is you're going along and boom, you bump into the, the judgment of God. You begin to bump against the judgment of God and people think, well, you know, God, God judged you. No, He already judged us. 
We don't, have to, we don't have to bump up against the judgment of God. And even when we do, His mercy is never ending. Listen to me. That's not an excuse to do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying, when you bump up against the judgment of God, if you begin to go internally and judge your own heart, God's mercy and grace are there because He loves you so much, He'll never leave you nor forsake you, no matter what you do. My question is, if I'm a brat and I rub up against the judgment of God and I begin to see how much God loves me, why would I want to stay a brat? I was just talking about myself there. Can you say amen? Because as he is, that's how I am. (laughs) As God is, so am I. John 17 says that God loves me as much as he does Jesus. Go read it, John 17. He loves you and I as much as he does Jesus. Whoa. Listen, that's what we have to understand. Anybody ever been on a guilt trip because you feel like you're not loving enough? My hand's up. Come on, there's at least three more of you. Yeah, and I'm just not loving enough. I'm just not empowered enough to, to, to love. No, you got the power to love. But first, you got to know how much He loves you. And the more you understand that, and you live and operate in that, then you won't be afraid to love other people. You'll just do it. You know, most of the time why we don't love other people? Because we want to make sure that they get their comeuppance. <laughs> That's a John Wayne uh, phrase, comeuppance. We want to make sure that they get theirs. So, you know, we don't don't want to be too nice to them because we need to make sure that they get what they deserve. (laughs) If you got what you deserve, it would be ugly. No, we don't have to look at people like that. Did you hear what I said? We don't have to look at people like that, ever. You never have to see another human being like that if you know how much God loves you because he has you protected. People can't take advantage of you when you walk in the love that God has for you. Not how good you are at loving other people. You'll be good at it when all you're doing is doing what he's shown you to do. You'll be good at it. You'll love people good. But not when you're trying to love people out of fear. I believe today that I know how much God loves me to a certain level. And my faith says I can do anything. I'm telling you, when you know how much God loves you, there are no limitations to your life. So I want to explain two more things in ending this message today. So you get what I'm saying. The key to being free from fear is knowing how much God loves you, you embracing that and walking in that yourself. Every one of us in here have stuff in our soul, strongholds in our soul, lies from the enemy telling us that that's not true. 
Yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but you know what you said. Yeah, but you know how you treated. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Everybody's got that stuff. And what that's after, do you ever notice that sometimes that somebody, sometimes certain people that you are around, they have one emotion. And that one emotion could be that anything that happens, they get mad. Another person, anything that happens to them, they, they go inward. Another person, they could have one or two emotions, and if something happens, they act a certain way. So when you watch them act that way, you think they know exactly what they're doing, but actually what they're doing is they're trying to cover up what is really ruling them, and it's the spirit of fear, whatever form it is. That's where God wants us delivered so we're not doing crazy things. The world's crazy enough. Huh? There needs to be some joy, some peace, some calmness, you know, some quietness, some... It's all great. Because you know, at the end of the day, it really is. My declaration over myself daily is I'm in control of my emotions I'm not ruled by my emotions, and I am emotion-free. I'm free of any negative emotions. You know, emotions are good, you know? You can direct your emotions to the right person in the right way, and it's a great thing. But, uh, but emotions are a horrible leader. Your emotions have to be bathed in patience and, and meditating and hearing and listening to the voice of God, and then... Your emotions can bring you what you, things started, but then all of a sudden, your patience and the Spirit of God will tweak the things that you think are a certain way, and it'll change it, and now you'll make a decision based on truth, not your emotions running wild. Emotions are a horrible leader. Whew! Horrible! Every time you make a decision based on uncontrolled emotions, you're mad at somebody, you're mad at a situation. It's not going to produce good fruit. Ever. Man, I got to get rid of my emotion. No, you don't. No. You need to get rid of fear by knowing how much God loves you. That's the process. So, I'm going to read this last passage <clears throat> and then a last verse. Second Timothy chapter 1, and I want to start with verse 4. And if you look at Timothy's life, um, in this verse right here, Timbo was having, dealing with some fear. <laughs> he, he, he had some fear kind of work in in his life. And I want, you to, I want you to see the way that the Apostle Paul handled him in, how he, in what he was dealing with. In verse 4 he said, I was greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. You'll see at the end of the, I'm going to read down to verse 7, you'll see at the end of this, why would Paul be talking about this to Timothy? 
if he wasn't in fear? And what were the tears about? He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded, and I am persuaded is in you also. The same faith that was in your grandmother and your mother. I'm persuaded that it's in you. I'm seeing you deal in fear. Timothy went through a lot of difficult things. I mean, it was early on. It was a short period of time before he became in filling these shoes of the pastorate, you know, of, of a number of different churches. And there were a lot of fears that he dealt with. I know that. I know what that's like. And Paul says this, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Watch this. Gosh. Timothy, and I'm saying it to you, you need to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. And he said this to Timothy. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Watch this. But he's given you a spirit of power. He's given you my spirit of love, how much I love you. And he's given you a sound mind. Stir up the gift on the inside of you. Why? Because you need to be of soundness of mind and you need to know how much God loves you. That empowers you to make correct decisions in the moment. See, if, if you come to me and you tell me how bad somebody's treating you, and I go to you, unlike the Apostle Paul here, and I say, let's say Eric comes to me and he says, you know, uh, this person did all this to me, and so I'm telling him, well, you know, Eric, you know, the Bible says you've got to walk in love. In that moment, and, <laughs> and I'll just say this, if I've ever said any of that to you, I apologize. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's true, it's true, but it's not enough. Because if I'm telling him that he's got to walk in love with somebody, the first inclination there is like your throat's closing. <laughs> I can't do it. There's no way I can walk in love. There isn't. There's no way you can walk in love. But the love that you need to show other people is going to come from how much you know God loves you. And what it delivers you of, let, let's say Eric's telling me that some guy cheated him in business, let's just say, okay? And he's telling me what to do. Well, all of a sudden, the voices that he's listening to, if he's not listening to the voice of God, all the voices that he's listening to are telling him things like, well, you know, he cheated you, and he did this, and oh man, it, you know, that's going to cause you to go, you're going to go bankrupt and now you're not going to make it. And all this fear, you see the fear that's there? I mean, it's, it's normal to have thoughts like that, especially if somebody's cheated you and done something wrong. But what you have to do with those emotions is you have to bathe them in patience. The Bible says it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promise. You have to bathe those emotions in that moment in patience to hear the voice of God about how to handle the thing. 
And in that learning from God how to handle something, you realize because God begins to show you, hey, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you to the ends of the earth. I'm going to take care of you. I've got an answer for this. The greater one is in you. You don't have to fear what man can do to you in this situation or anything else. All of a sudden, he begins to give you everything that relates to how much he, all, he loved you before you were created. See, he had all this stuff for us before we even were. So now when we step into something like this, it's already there for us. I cry out, Abba, Father, Father, Daddy, I, I, I mean, this is a difficult situation. I'm faced with this. I don't know, I'm not sure what to do. It's all right. It's all right. Just listen to him. He, he'll navigate the whole thing. And you know, you know what's so amazing about the way he navigates? Is he's got everybody's best interest at heart. Even the crook that took money from you or, or, or did something to you. See, we want to call him a crook. God says he was created in my image. See, that's why God's so much better at dealing with situations like that than you and I, because then we get in our emotions, then we're backed by fear, and we don't get nothing. But man, when I take my emotions, and they're real, right? How many know if that, something like that happened, first thing is your emotions would start stirring up? How many know that? I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much word you have, how much you pray every day. Somebody steals from you or does something like that, all of a sudden your emotions are stirred up. But doesn't mean we have to give in to that. Doesn't mean we have to be led by the fear that are through those emotions. That's what's happening in our nation right now. People are so afraid in our nation right now because of the voices. I'm telling you, God loves you, he loves me, and he loves our nation. Amen? He'll never leave us nor forsake us to the ends of time. Hmm? And in the Bible it says that a whole, a whole nation was spared for one, for ten, for numbers of people because they stood in faith and they believed. Just believe, not just for yourself, but for our nation, but do it through the love of God, through the love that God has for you. Can you say amen today? Amen. So we're stirring ourselves up and remembering God didn't give us fear. I'm not receiving fear. He gave me a spirit of love, a spirit of power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what he gave me. And that revelation and understanding of how much he loves me is going deeper in me than ever before. So today, as you see this verse on the screen, Remember this verse and do not forget it because this verse right here pretty much summarizes everything I've taught you today. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. Them who? Them whoever. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. Why? Because he loves you so darn much. He goes with you. He will not leave you. He'll not forsake you. Read it again. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, of anybody, of any demonic spirit, of anything that anybody does or says. For the Lord your God, he is the one that goes with you, that loves you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And in another verse he said, he'll not let anything hurt you or harm you. 
Can you say amen? And that's the absolute truth. There's nothing that man or situations can do to us unless we allow it. And I'm just telling you to take your, your takeaway from this message today is begin to meditate and receive how much God uncontrollably loves you and is for you and not against you. He's on your side. And he is there to protect you. And as David sought the Lord, that's what he wants you to do. When David sought the Lord, he began to believe that the Lord heard him and loved him. And over time and development of that, David was delivered of all fears. Fear of failure, fear of death, fear of man, fear of what people can do to you, fear of anything and everything. They're all, they're all backed by spirits, and they're all defeated. And I'm telling you today, the more we know how much he loves us and he's for us, and not against us, the more we can embrace all that God has for us and accomplish all that he created us to do. Can you say amen? amen. In the name of Jesus.